welcome to In the Isles, the media-shy podcast appearing in front of an audience of millions to beg to be left alone. I'm James Rothwell. I'm Dan Acton. This week, we'll talk about what we've been watching. We have some golden real news, and our main review is I Care A Lot, currently available on Netflix or Amazon Prime, depending on what country you're in. I was going to bring that up for the main review. What's the what's the crack there? What's going on? Because the poster's Netflix advertised on IMDb, my favourite go-to source. But, yeah, yeah, we're watching it on Amazon Prime. What's going on, James? Netflix have the distribution rights in a number of countries, including America. Amazon, through a distribution deal with the production company of the film, have the distribution rights in other countries, including the UK. Just interesting pitting Amazon and Netflix against each other. And yet Netflix coming out on top because even though us in the UK are watching it on Amazon, officially the poster says Netflix. So, neat point. Let's move on. Sorry, I just find it mildly interesting. James, any updates in your life? Any interesting, weird and wonderful things that have happened? Sometimes my hot water piping vibrates violently when my radiator's on i've taken a video of it all right i don't know where this story's going (laughs) i need to prove there's something wrong because someone came over he looked at the boiler and said it's fine that yeah because it's not vibrating like it's going to explode now so i've done a video that i'm going to send and say this is what happens so the wall vibrates as well as part of this, so it's just it noise. It sounds now. like the whole flat is vibrating and you have to turn the knob on one radiator in a certain way to make it stop. <laughs> oh, um, right, okay. Interesting developments then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about you? Um, don't use Zatu games if you want to order board games. That's That's all I'm saying. Okay, so in the absence of board games, what have you been watching this week? First off, I watched this by pure coincidence, but it does make a very interesting companion piece to our main review, and that was Framing Britney Spears. There's been a lot of talk about this in the last few months, uh, or weeks, should I say, and, you know, everyone's intrigued. Is she being held a prisoner as part of this conservation ship that she falls under with her father? It is... An interesting documentary because, hands up, I I was obsessed with Britney Spears back in the day. I know I'm not doing much for my character. I've already gone on about Taylor Swift and how much I love her, but I was obsessed, scarily so. I queued up for a second album. I went seeing her live. Um, but she was marketed for Boys My Age, wasn't she? And that was probably more from a visual standpoint. I didn't need to fall in love with the music, but I did. And I was part of that group of people who, when she shaved her head, I went, that bitch be crazy. And I jumped off the bandwagon and thought, no, not interested anymore. And didn't give her a second thought. That points out my ignorance and my problems as a person. But this really does make you understand that there probably is a lot more going on under the surface with Britney Spears. And it's not the finest documentary I've ever seen at all there's a lot of like crazed fans with weird and wonderful theories and i think some of them are taking it a bit too far 
but there is substance behind it. I think conservationship within itself, it points out that there is a problem here and it needs to be addressed. And if nothing else, just from a nostalgia point of view, to go back and revisit Britney Spears through the lens of the early 2000s is an interesting thing to do. So if you want to know if she is being held against her will, you're not going to find the concrete answer in this documentary, but it's well worth a bit of a watch to uh, kickstart a conversation, if nothing else. Where can we watch that? You can watch it on Now TV. I don't know what channel it originated from, but it's on Now TV. Okay. Framing Britney Spears. Yes. Hit me, baby, one more time with your second watch list selection. <laughs> I've also been watching Unforgotten Series 4 on ITV. I love Unforgotten. I think it's a brilliant crime series, and it's got a really cracking theme tune. da 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 I apologise. It's really catchy. Uh, it sticks in my mind. It's quite a sombre tune, but it's, uh, it's ingrained in my brain. Anyway, it's the return of this much-loved crime drama, and it stars Nicola Walker and Sanjeev Bhaskar, and it's these two detectives investigating historic murders or cold cases. And, and you could argue that you could watch these completely independently from one another. It's much like the sinner in that respect but this series there's a man's body it's found in a scrapyard and his head's missing uh apart from that everything's intact there's no real signs of decay but then they realize this is a body from 30 years ago which has been frozen up until this point and then they go down the rabbit hole of discovering who this man was who was he linked to who's in the know as to what his life was about and his personal struggles and demons and as an offshoot of that, as is the case with every season of Unforgotten, you start to go into the lives of the people who were involved in the possible cover-up around his murder. And what I like about this is because it's cold cases, you see people in the present day dealing with or living in a state that is directly impacted by the decisions from years ago. And having this dragged back up has natural implications for their life going forward. Suddenly, they stand to lose everything and you go down this path of understanding, is it an accident? Was it a purposeful murder? And all alongside that, each character that is involved has their own mystery that is teased. So there's a lot of intrigue going on with this. And... Aside from the central murder mystery itself, the main characters are played by Nicola Walker and Sanjeev Bhaskar. They make very compelling detectives that you're interested in understanding their personal lives and some of the struggles that they have. Uh, I will say season three was probably my favourite. They are all very strong, but it ended on a real high and I worried that they couldn't capture the same magic from previous seasons. But so far, it's the same formula, but it really works and I'm enjoying it. So that's Unforgotten Series 4. Did, have I even given much indication as to what that's about? Because I just yes. don't feel... Yes, you have. But, okay. But tell us what, where it, we can watch it. You can watch it on ITV Player, which is the worst streaming player of all time. It's awful. It's terrible, awful. isn't it? Yeah. Ruins watching Love Island. Hmm. I argue watching it ruins... You, you like as a person. 
um, no, I can't comment. That's it. That's all I've been watching. Oh, no, really quick mention. Have you heard of High Rise Invasion? Netflix is pushing it to me through the algorithm. I've not watched it, though. The animation seemed a bit cheap. Yeah, it's severely adult in content. And it's it's a one step too far in its craziness. I, I couldn't quite get on board with it. I, I just want to say skip it. Yeah, I skipped it just based on the animation looking quite low effort in the preview. If you want to watch an anime on Netflix that's good and new, The Promised Neverland, which is a horror escape planning story about children in a not great situation. That's on Amazon Prime, isn't it? It's on Netflix. Sorry, you did say, just don't listen to you, James. It's so rude. Um, Okay. Yeah, I might give that a watch. I believe it has some parallels with what was the Japanese TV series you watched a few weeks ago that was about an escape room. Somebody said it Alice was comparable. In that was the one. Somebody said it was a bit comparable to that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you enjoyed James's recommendation of Alice in Borderlands, seek out Promise Neverland. Neverland. See, I do listen. James, what else have you been watching besides that? Stepping onto your turf or stepping onto your bloodlands with a crime drama. It's Bloodlands on the BBC. James Nesbitt is a detective investigating a kidnapping in Northern Ireland and it leads to the reopening of a case from 20 years ago when four people disappeared or were killed. They were definitely killed. This is the best thing on TV right now the best new thing on tv it's so tense so well acted and well written it's coming out weekly and i have to see the next episode i have to see it even though i'm only two episodes in it's only four parts and after only two parts so much has happened it deals with the shadows of the troubles that loom over everything and even small characters that appear once say things like i didn't call the police because you know, and you know what the subtext is behind that. Everyone has this shared memory of events and it's still affecting them. It becomes quite complex, but it's written in a generous way. Characters explain things to each other so that you can keep up. I don't know if that's good or bad writing that I noticed that, but there's scenes where you'll have an idea of why someone's acting a certain way, then a character will say, I suppose you, James Nesbitt, know by now that you've not, had this information because this has happened. I was like, oh, okay, thank you for just confirming that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping up. Northern Ireland looks lovely. You see the sea, some islands, hills, and the city at night. It's like having a nice city break in Belfast in a police car <laughs> or kidnapped in a van. I'd really recommend it strongly, honestly. It's one of the best things I've seen this year. James Nesbitt is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. His cheek tensing is superb. Seen some of his face. Of his face. <laughs> Wasn't even questioning it, but thank you for pointing that out. Got some other like mouth acting, and not with words that that astounded me this week. But we'll leave that to our main review. If you don't know what I'm talking about, James. I apologise. I think I do. I, I think I do, actually. Yeah, I think I do. Well, that's Bloodlands. 
on the BBC. Very good. Was on my radar and I was excited to watch it. And now I just can't wait. Thank you for that. Anything else? Also on the BBC, Mindful Escapes. Breathe, release, restore. This is going out on BBC4, but it's also available on iPlayer. In these times, you might need something to unwind, and this is it. This is the one. This is basically nature footage narrated by a mindfulness expert. I think he's the guy that made the Headspace app. That's all it is. There's an emphasis on the sounds of the environment, like the leaves in the wind or the water or sand shifting. It's mesmerizing and meditative and healing. We've been watching it while we eat and it does have a very restorative effect on you. You know people in supermarkets who give their babies phones playing YouTube to shut them up? Mm. This is the adult version of that. You can watch it and be in a trance and feel completely peaceful. And as a bonus, you can also watch 10 hours of jungle footage on the BBC Science YouTube channel. It's pure nature footage with no narration about what's going on or the climate. So although we loved the David Attenborough documentary on Netflix that was talking about the collapse of the environment and and things like that, and we know the clips of walruses falling off a cliff and dying, that's not what this is. It is a pure look at how nature is so nice. Mindful Escapes on BBC. Something therapeutic for our listeners, and that's always a nice thing to throw in there, because we all need a bit of therapy these days in dark times. What else, if anything? No, no more. No more. Oh, sorry. I said last week that I'd watch all of Tribes of Europa and Update. I have watched all of it. What did you make of it? I really liked it. It's very good. It delivered on the promise of taking three characters out and exploring three different views of this post-apocalyptic, fractured Europe. Great world design, world building, interesting subplots for all three of the characters. I really hope they make series two. Very good. Still do mean to check that out, and I certainly will. It's not an empty promise. I will. Um, the heard Capone's been in the news this week because people have finally realised it exists because it's shown up on Netflix and everyone's saying what a mess it is. Do you have any it's plans? It's Hardy film. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to watch it. Is it no. supposed to be bad? It's supposed to be awful. Incomprehensible nonsense. But I, I've, I'm vaguely interested to see just how bad it is. So I might, I might give it a go. But then again, I think it's quite long. Don't know. Listeners, write in. Let us know if it's worth it. 98% of the population that's seen it says no. Tell us if it's otherwise. But don't think it's going to go that way. Well, from watch list to Golden Globe winners. Terrible segue. It's the real thing. It is now real, real news, news. The Golden Globes, it happened this week, and guess what? Nobody knew, because only 50% of its standard audience that tuned in actually watched it. So 
if you didn't know, we'll give you a brief rundown of who won what. We're not going to say whether they were worthy of their, their award because half the other contenders, we didn't see them. Um, so we can't say. But first off, you might have a bit of an opinion on this. Best television series drama went to The Crown. I've still not made my way around to that. I know that you were quite hot on the first four seasons. I don't remember whether you reviewed season five. Or I might be wrong because there is only a season four. Correct me, James. Keep me honest. I have watched season four, but I never talked about it. I didn't think it was worth bringing up. didn't think it because it's not new. I I didn't really like series four. Sorry, I didn't. No, but if if you look at what it was up against, it was almost a surefire success. Because I mean, anything that shits on the royal family will win an award at this point. But Lovecraft Country, which was awful, I did obviously I didn't watch it all. I lost faith in it, but it went downhill very very fast. The Mandalorian. I know it's good, but I don't know if it's worthy of best drama, um, especially with all the other stuff that came out this year. Ozark, fair enough. Brilliant. And Ratchet, which I liked it, but it's just a bit of fun. It's nothing. It's nothing that deserves best drama. Yeah. Well, that one was straight in the bin for me, so yeah. I didn't even finish it. So that was, that was a clear favourite, wasn't it? The Crown. Yeah, in the age of endless streaming content, I'm surprised those are the best five they can produce. But no, I wasn't keen on season four of The Crown. It seemed like there was a little bit of Margaret Thatcher, but not a lot. A little bit of Diana. We'll talk about the troubles, but we'll ignore it later on. It, it was too all over the place for me, even though, yes, everyone in it is amazing. The production values are still there. Didn't think it was as good as the first two seasons which are perfect. Next one, I know you'll like this because you made quite a song and dance about the TV series of individual episodes. Small Axe, John Boyega won Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a uh, limited series. Fully deserved, I think. I'm saying that, I haven't seen it, but based on what you have said, good on him, yeah? Very happy to see John Boyega recognised, successful, deserved. Shit's Creek won Best musical or comedy TV series. We're going to skip past that because I don't know who's paying who off there, but that's just sweeping awards every year at the moment. Best performance by an actor in a TV series, musical or comedy, went to Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. I remember you reviewed that as part of Apple's winning streak that they were on with their content. You were quite a fan of Ted Lasso. Do you say his performance is worth an award? Yes, absolutely. He's, he's excellent in that very good we'll, we'll move on next one and i'm really happy about this because we predicted that mank would probably win best picture but ha in your face david fincher with your nausea in black and white old-timey school film technique bugger off uh no madland won so haven't seen that that might be the same really might not be very good but i'm, I'm just so glad mank didn't win i'm glad as well it was no, just no, 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 no. Boo, hiss, rubbish. What annoys me is that promising young, young woman is still not out in the UK. So I can't even pass judgment on that. Not winning. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's only a matter of time now, surely, because it was supposed to come out in Feb. Oh, they'll be waiting now that we've got lockdown ending. They'll be waiting until July. I hope not. We'll see. 
best motion picture, musical or comedy, Borat, subsequent movie film. That was a bit of a shock. Up against Hamilton, music, don't know what that is, Palm Springs and The Prom. Music is the controversial seer, sire film that everyone hates. Right. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I do know what it is. I remember now. Um, Hamilton should have won that, in my opinion. No brainer. Yeah, it had to be Hamilton. It's a musical. Give it to the one that's actually a musical. I know it's musical or comedy category. Best motion picture, animated. Normally wouldn't bring this one up, but we reviewed two of the nominees, Wolfwalkers and Soul. Soul won. Uh, good film. Think it should have been Wolfwalkers. I agree. Wolfwalkers is a artistic masterpiece. Soul is Pixar doing what Pixar does. Yeah, very formulaic Pixar. And who wants to honour that? Let's have something a bit different. You made a mistake. Last one. And I know that we're missing a few out here, but we could go on for an hour and no one wants to listen to us rhyme off a list of people winning awards that they actually probably don't care about. But it's relevant. Best actress in a motion picture went to Rosamund Pike for this week's main review, I Care A Lot. Now, James, are we even going to hint on whether we think that was a worthy win or not? Are we going to leave it till later on? She might have won it just based on the very subtle movements of her mouth. So all in all, I know we've just wasted six minutes on that, but who cares, hey? Ricky Gervais has already destroyed the whole system with his hosting. So anything after Ricky Gervais is just doesn't count. Yeah. And in our defence for covering real news with Golden Globe winners, we had nothing else. There was nothing else to bring up this week. So I'm sure some people may find that interesting, even though I claim to not care. I did go and read it as soon as it hit the headlines because I had a, a mild interest. So It's impossible to distinguish information and news from clickbait articles. That's the problem that I've got. It's because you're on porn all the time. Move on. Hello, I'd like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Call me sit back, this is a fact. We in the aisles, here are some aisles. Thoughts in sync, tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. This week's main review is I Care A Lot. Good morning, Miss Peterson. I'm sorry to disturb you so early. The court has ruled that you require assistance in taking care of yourself. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm afraid it's not up to you to decide. The court has appointed me to be your legal guardian. What? You have to come with me. And remember, I'm here to help. My name is Marla Grayson. I'm just someone who cares. Marla Grayson, you've had amazing success. What's your secret? There is no secret, Peter. She forces them into the home, auctions off their house, and uses the proceeds to pay herself. Because caring is my job. Mitch! I will grab your dick and balls, and I will rip them clean off. Big deal maker. I know what you do here. Your hustle. Look at all these cash cows on your wall just leaking money into your account. But Jennifer Peterson, she's off limits. She has very powerful friends who can make life uncomfortable for you. How uncomfortable are we talking? 
I, Carolot, is not a film about a nurse robot named Carol. It joins Wonder Woman 1984 as one of those films we need right now. In these challenging times, what better way to lift your spirits than a tale of injustice, greed, corruption, and the absolute worst people in society being the most rich and successful? A crooked legal guardian who drains the savings of her elderly wards meets her match when a woman she tries to swindle turns out to be more than she first appears. Daniel, what did you think of I Care A Lot? First off, for the second week in a row, I'm so excited because I don't know what side you're going to be on with this. Like last week's Barb and Star, I think it's fair to say that this is going to be yet another polarising choice. So this film... She's a con artist, but she's playing the system. But I thought this was going to be much more of an Ocean's Eleven crime caper type heist film from the poster alone. And it's just not. The, the, there's elements of it, but it's just not that at all. I knew nothing going in, as is mostly the case. And because of that, I didn't really anticipate the direction that it was going in. And I felt that it kept challenging me throughout in terms of what, what is this film? What is it aiming for? There is no protagonist in this film. That is not a reference to John David Washington not being in it. It's meant literally because there's nobody to root for. That in itself is such a problem and it had me emotionally and morally confused for at least the first 40 minutes of the film. Everything in this is extremely surface level. There's no deeper meaning. There's no subtext to, to anything. What you see is what you get, and what you get out of it will come down to whether you've bought into what this film is. When I'm saying it's surface level as well, I can't emphasise that enough. You're not afforded the luxury of slowly building scenes for you to start reading into, ooh, what's unfolding before my eyes and what's lurking below. There is nothing. It's exactly how it's presented to you. Thanks for not making me think. Moving on. In the same vein, it really heavily relies on slick and quick editing and often overbearing music to tell you what the tone or the mood of the film is or how the story is progressing. And in my opinion, that's relied upon maybe a bit too heavily. But I think it helps in keeping the film feel quite punchy. It gets its points across. You understand the characters and the motivations, as ill-intentioned as they may be. And I was never bored at any point. As for the performances, Rosamund Pike, she excels in this. I'm not a huge fan of hers at all. In fact, I've always found her quite bland and a little bit one knot in everything that I've seen her in before. This role really gives her a chance to expand on the type of role that she played in Gone Girl, especially when she goes a bit mental. Probably shouldn't use the word mental. She oozes attitude and sassiness, and I think that's a difficult thing to pull off if you're not in possession of those character traits as a person. I never thought she was, but I'm wrong because she does pull this off. It's so effortless. I really enjoyed her performance in this. Similarly, Peter Dinklage, all I'll say is nobody's ever eaten a chocolate eclair or sipped on a smoothie with as much menace as him in this film. He captivated me every time he was on screen, and I thought he was a really commanding and watchable presence. I am hesitant to bring this up, but one thing I really admired this film for is they don't reference his dwarfism at all. It's not relevant. It wasn't like it needed addressing. It's completely and utterly irrelevant. And good on them for doing that. 
I mean, I've completely undone all the good work they did around that by making a point out of it. But I thought he's gone through some shit over the years with just being the punchline to jokes, being thrown over people's shoulders or mistaken for a child. And I thought you're letting an actor act. You're respecting that he doesn't need it doesn't need to be part of the plot that he's a dwarf. And it didn't hinder anything. And I didn't question it and go, why are you not addressing it? It just worked. And I really applauded that. But as I've said, there's no, there's no one to latch it onto. The, the main characters that you're with, they're completely unlikable. They have no redeeming qualities. So because of all that, there's a bit of a moral quandary this film. The borderline vapid characters have no human center to them. There's no emotional arc. It shouldn't have worked for me. But it did. It did. <laughs> Through the acting and a somewhat enticing cat and mouse plot, I have to say, I was always entertained. I did enjoy it. And I, I really like seeing them getting one up on one another. And further to that, I found it really liberating, not having to have an emotional attachment to the characters. I just had to say, what a despicable bunch of people caught up in their own bullshit. Fair enough. Let's just see how the story unfolds. So it's not high, high art. It's definitely not. Did I care a lot? No. Did I like it quite a bit? Yeah, I did. James, what about you? Like last week, it's refreshing to watch something original. Not only is it original, but it's about something caught appointed guardians that I've never seen in a film. And it introduces the legal process and Rosamund Pike's job really well. And the plot becomes more complex. Things keep escalating, but it's not convoluted or implausible. I seem to have got myself into a habit of mentioning running time. This is a black comedy of sorts, so I was expecting it to break Mark Commode's rule of comedies not being longer than 90 minutes, but the two hours flew by. It may only be because I watched this recently, but it reminded me of Ingrid Goes West, the social media dark comedy with Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. It's shining a light on an issue and saying, Look at what we've become. I agree with what you've said, even though criminal gangsters are introduced. I wouldn't say it's a crime film. The crime element doesn't overwhelm everything. It's bright and colourful and clean, which puts it in danger of looking bland and cheap like a Netflix film. But what I saw was a clinical and controlled world. Everything seems nice, but the people in the world are terrible. I personally liked the synth electronic music. It's, it's, it was my jam. So I liked that. I didn't find it overpowering or annoying. Rosamund Pike, Golden Globe winner, as you've said, absolutely smashes it right from the opening scene. This is what I've been building up to saying for the whole episode. There's a long close-up of her in court looking professional and straight-faced. She's appointed the guardian of someone, and there is this tiny, tiny, almost imperceptible smile, and it was that moment that hooked me on the character, not in terms of supporting her, which we'll get into, but it was such a small moment that I thought, yes, I'm in. This is going to be a good film. She's ambitious, relentless, clever, but not sympathetic. Marla, the character, is brilliant and disgusting, Peter Dinklage, it's nice to see him playing an intelligent character after being an idiot in Game of Thrones Season 8. I liked him, but Rosamund Pike completely dominated. Isa Gonzalez, who's her girlfriend, was she the moral compass of the film? I don't know quite what her role in, in the film was. 
similar to what you've said about Peter Dinklage, I really liked how Rosamund Pike's and Elisa Gonzalez's relationship was in there as a matter of fact. They're a couple. No one mentions it. They don't mention it. It's just there as part of the world that is presented. And I really liked that. It was a very progressive representation. There are no sympathetic characters. That's the main criticism that's come out in the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and you've brought it up as well. But that doesn't make me dislike a film. It's a film with a message. It does beat you over the head with it. Late-stage capitalism is bad, but it's packaged entertainingly and convincingly. I'm, I'm shocked, especially after last week when we were at completely different junctures. Let's say we we just did not see eye to eye. I thought we were going to have the same thing again, but it seems like we were both uh, fans of this. So that's that's good. We'll come on to it in spoilers, but I don't feel as though there was really a message to this film. And it is my main criticism. Hearing you argue your point, I, th- I think there is, but I think the way in which it's presented, there's issues with it. Can I pick up on this point about her being a con artist? Yeah. Yes, she's a con artist, that's true. But I thought the point is that what she's doing is legal. She's going through the courts. She has a proper business. It's worse than being a criminal because what she's doing is approved by the world that we've made. And that you have the Peter Dinklage character who's a criminal. He's in the shadows of the world. He's cast out, but we reward... Marla, when she's just as bad. Mm. That's what I saw. That was the message for me. No, interesting. I see where you're coming from. But even when you say it's legal, it is legal, but it's a manipulation of the legal system. If if all truths were presented, she would never get the opportunities that she gets. This is because people manufacture diseases or the extent of people's diseases to get them to this place where they can manipulate them as wards of the state but i i don't know we'll, we'll discuss it no i i agree i agree i'm not saying it's it's good i'm not saying like it's legal and so it's good i'm saying oh, the, no, legal, no, the, le- the legal system the legal system that she's working in is the problem that's what it's shining a light on i just don't feel as though it had enough to say about it, it i don't feel like the message was clear personally in terms of saying this is a problem and I think it's quite unfortunate that they use this scenario that I agree it's interesting to see because I know nothing about this subject at all other than what I've learned from watching Framing Britney Spears, which is a bit different. Um, it shines a light on it, but it just didn't feel to me like it ultimately said much about it other than just watch these people get away with it. Hey, fun, fun, fun. That's how I felt. Anyway, James, would you recommend... I care a lot. I recommend a lot, this film. Daniel, would you recommend I care a lot? Yes. Really took back with how much I enjoyed this. I thought it was a brilliant film. If you want something nice and easy and breezy, go and watch this. Anything else before we head into spoilers? No. Bruce Willis. Real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. (laughs) Spoilers. After the plot is set up of Rosamund Pike's character becoming a legal guardian, 
and the twist of Peter Dinklage being the criminal son. There's a cat and mouse, there's a tug of war over custody, guardianship, ownership of this mother. And things escalate to the point where they're almost going to kill each other, aren't they? Mm. And then in the end, they go into business together because they grudgingly respect one another's success. And at the peak of her fame, Marla is shot and killed by one of her earlier victims from the first scene of the film. And I have, without much detail around it, heard a lot of people complain about the last 20 minutes of this film and say that it's a bit of a mess. Can't say that I agree with that, but I think if they hadn't have killed Marla, I would have so much more to say about this film in a negative sense. It was almost as if you cannot afford to not kill her off because then you are condoning this abhorrent behaviour. That's that's how I felt about it. I don't know if you agree with that. She got what she effing deserves. Yes. <laughs> Joker. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting her to get killed and I wasn't thinking, please kill her, she has to die. But again, I wasn't supporting her. I just thought this is such a dark comedy that you are going to let these two evil characters join forces and become even more successful. And I thought that was a nice twist ending. Mm. And when you do watch someone get shot and slowly bleed to death in the arms of their new wife, who seems all right, she's not as evil as the rest of them, that did make me think, what are we supposed to think here? Are we really supposed to say, oh, I'm glad that that person's bleeding to death in the arms of the new wife? Yeah, go on, die. Because that's not what I thought. So were they trying to say... I don't know what what were they trying to say. I don't know, but I didn't. I wasn't thinking. Yes, she's dead. No, and nor was I. But I think it made me settle within my own mind. Oh, it's okay for me to enjoy this film <laughs> because I feel like if they didn't, it really was saying nothing in terms of. Oh, this is a problem that actually does exist. Okay, this is heightened and it's very overly dramatized, but it is something that goes on in America and probably throughout the world. Oh, it goes on, but yeah, you've just made a black comedy out of it. What more are you saying? Nothing. <laughs> Whereas I think if killing her off was like, and this isn't right, um, which is the punchline that I think it needed at the end, for me, anyway. Because I, all the way through, I don't know about you, but I was thinking there has to be this redemption moment or, or a, a moment of, ah, she's realised the error of her ways and now she understands why this is bad, but it never materialised. And I, I liked it for that because it was a bit different. And like I said at the beginning of my review, it didn't go in the directions I anticipated. And that's one of the reasons why. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad they killed her off, to be honest. I wondered if there was going to be a redemption arc as well. But when I realised there wasn't, I was happy because it seemed to be saying, you can be successful by being awful. You won't be rewarded if you have a redemption arc. So don't do a redemption arc. Just be worse and you'll get rewarded for it, probably. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. You've tapped into something that I said before, there's no subtext. I think there is, actually, from what you've pointed out. There's there's a bit more to it. I am surprised as well, but that this is quite 50-50 as to whether people like it, but at least 50% of the population are knobs. So why why do they not why do they not go, oh yeah, this 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 clicks with me. Yeah, get this. I've just thought more people would have 
a positive response to it. Yeah, you're right. 50% of people voted for insert what you want me to say next. So yeah, people are not, <laughs> not great. The Rotten Tomatoes score is quite an extreme difference. 80% critics, 37% audience score. Wow. Wow. And it's because of this issue of it being there's no one to root for versus, oh, yes, we love criticisms of capitalism. Oh, capitalism so awful. Please click my review so we can get ad revenue. Capitalism's awful. That's what the, the critics <laughs> say. But even still, even if that is what you take from the film, oh, there's, there's no one likable at all, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's a very entertaining film. It like you said, just goes along without you noticing that two hours. I thought it was such an easy film to watch in that respect. Um, but yeah, obviously people aren't that that forgiving. I won't bleep this out. I'll probably put it in, but you little crock of is one of the best lines that I've heard in quite some time. I thought that was awesome. Oh, and the scene where she threatens to rip someone's balls off or shoot his balls off. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. She just, this is Rosamund Pike I'm talking about. She just goes around owning people constantly, and you think, oh, now that she's up against Peter Dinklage, now she's gonna back down, but she doesn't, mm. and she's still awful. But you are watching someone that is quite brilliant. Yeah, and it's entertaining to watch. Another thing that I really liked in this, and I, I don't mean to keep going over the same thing about, there's no likable people, but it gives you the illusion earlier on that you are going to have people who are nice that you root for. For example, the mum who's taken into care. Oh, what a nice old lady. Oh, let's see what happens. Oh, no, bait and switch. She's evil as well. She's horrible. And I just liked that it kept toying with you like that. I thought it was really cleverly done. Yeah, and... Isaac Gonzalez, who plays the girlfriend slash wife of Rosamund Pike. I was guessing that she was an ex-police officer, but it only confirmed it maybe 40 minutes in when she goes to a police station and someone says, oh, hi, Frankie, oh, don't call me that anymore, I call Fran. And then she's not doing the worst things, but she's with this awful person. So I, I didn't know how to feel about her. Maybe I need to watch it again. I probably will watch it again. I need to watch it again to decide. Is she the one character in there that's good or is she bad as well by association? I didn't take it as that. I thought they're all just horrible because she knows she's not like she's she can deny what's going on. She's not oblivious to it. She knows full well what the scam is and she doesn't try and dissuade Marla from doing any of it. The only thing that she does, which is a selfish act, is when the shit hits the fan and, oh, my God, we're going to probably have to leave town because we're going to end up dead. She tries to convince her that they should leave town, but she's under no illusion that she's been in on that ride. She knows fully well what they're doing. Right. But in The Godfather, Diane Keaton's character, she knows that she's married into a mafia family that shoots people in the head. But I think you do still feel sorry for her when the door closes on her at the end. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't think too much about it. Because at the end when she's got a dead wife in her arms, I didn't feel like, ah, yeah. I'm not saying you're saying this, but I didn't feel like, oh, well, you know, she's awful anyway. You shouldn't be married to her to begin with. 
Mm. You're better off without her, even though you're covered in her blood right now. You'll get over it because she's terrible. I wasn't thinking that. Yeah, I was a bit. (laughs) 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 One thing that I wanted to point out. So my mate Alex texted me about this because he knew we were watching it. and And he said, oh, I'm interested to hear what you two think because, one, I didn't think it was very good. Um, and B, and I agree with him, that we've said it already, they're awful people, but there's no explanation as to why they are the way that they are, but they do hint at things and yet don't go into any detail. So there's a bit towards the end where Peter Dinklage captures Rosamund Pike. He's torturing her to a degree. And he says, oh, I've got you, mum. It's not in these words, by the way gonna kill your mum and she's like i couldn't care less about that sociopath even though she herself is a sociopath by all accounts why why does she not care about her mum i mean i'm not expecting a whole like life story but it would be interesting to know oh has that informed how she has turned into this evil person i just would have liked a bit more explanation around that but it's not there is it i think she's that way because in a world where individual success by any means is the most important thing, you don't need to care about whether or not your mother gets killed. That's true. And it also backs up the irony of the title, isn't it? I care a lot because she doesn't. And that's the point. Yeah. No, touche. I think you've said that a few times now and I keep ignoring you by trying to fight the point. But (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And the other, the other thing, which was like, why, is after everything turns to shit and her life's in ruins, why does she insist on keeping her in the care on? Just let her go. Just, I mean, all that's part of her character is that she doesn't want to be defeated, but it's not worth it. It didn't, it didn't make sense to me at all. I thought, just cut your yeah. losses, get rid of her, move on to your next project. But yeah, then we make... wouldn't have a film, would we? So. Like she, yeah, it's like you, you're successful and you've got money. Can you not just wait until the next cherry comes along Mm. on Apple TV starring Tom Holland? Can you not just wait for the next (laughs) cherry? Uh, Yeah, maybe they could have done more to explain why she absolutely has to hold on to her no matter what. Is it because she's competitive? Maybe, but is that enough? Don't know. Sure, we finish it there? Yeah. We care a lot about you sharing this podcast on social media. So as ever, please do... Like us on Facebook, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Send us an email at inthealespodcast at gmail.com if you have any feedback, positive or negative. And if you wish to follow us on Instagram with many a colourful collage, then you can do so at inthealespodcast. What are we watching next week? Next week, we will be reviewing Coming to America coming to number two America because it's the second one. We're reviewing the sequel and we'll both be in preparation for that watching coming to America. Sounds like the same film, but it's not. It's not got the number in it. We will be talking about that in our watch list next week because neither of us has seen it. That will inspire some people to email in and say, I'm no longer listening to your podcast. If that's how you feel, fair enough. We do care, but whatever. See you in a bit. (laughs) 